0: AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
1: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A lot of talk about replacing Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away yesterday here in Washington today. The debate is already. Uh, on about whether or not that should be done before the presidential election. Either way, President Trump is remembering the late Supreme Court justice as a titan of the law. In a White House statement, the president says Ginsburg was renowned for her brilliant mind and her powerful dissents at the Supreme Court. And he says she demonstrated that one can disagree
2: without being disagreeable toward one's colleagues or different points of view. Mr. Trump calls Ginsburg an amazing woman who led a remarkable life.
1: That is White House correspondent Greg Klux and reporting mourners have dropped off bouquets and gathered outside the Supreme Court in a quiet tribute to the late justice. She passed away yesterday at age 87 after a long battle with pancreatic cancer. This is SRN News.
0: Mike Gallagher is seeing things getting out of hand. Two innocent
3: cops sitting in a patrol car, ambushed, both shot in the head. It's awful. It's disgusting. It's despicable,
0: and Biden's worried about how many people went to the Trump rally in Nevada. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8, on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot brings you the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We'll have the headline act, Mitch Berg, with Hour 1 coming up here in just a few moments. The Northern Alliance Radio Network airs every Saturday and Sunday from 1 until 3. We'll have... Brad Carlson in tomorrow. Looking at our forecast, we're going to have mostly sunny skies the rest of today with highs near 69 and lows around 54, mostly cloudy the rest of tonight.
4: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
0: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. And world. It's the wind beneath the
5: right wing. The show that is making talk radio great again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. My name, Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info. My colleague Brad Carlson heard every Sunday Saturday, Sunday afternoon from 1 to 3 p.m. I, of course, the headliner edition, Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. King Banyan, our longtime colleague and friend up in St. Cloud, holding down the western flank. Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 on sister station AM 1440, the businessmen. Together we are the Northern Alliance Radio Network, showing the rest of Twin Cities media how it's done for well, we've just turned the corner, heading towards seven, 16 and a half, on the way to 17 years. Longer than my entire original radio career put together by two years, which should tell you something about how much fun I have and how much uh, I enjoy. this. apparently how much you do as well, because I don't think Salem would keep us on the air if this wasn't doing something. Anyway, big story of the day. Perhaps you've heard it. Uh, this is one of those rare national stories that I get to jump on before our national hosts get to uh, the likes of Larry Elder and uh, Dennis Prager and Sebastian Gorka, and uh, the rest of the the national crowd. Hugh Hewitt, of course, uh, the mornings he didn't won't be able to touch this one till Monday. But I'm here first because the news broke. Oh, gosh, I was out. Uh, I was I was out yesterday, and in the evening I heard uh, towards the beginning of the evening I heard over the radio and then on cable that uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away yesterday at age 87. Uh, from complications related to metastatic pancreatic cancer. And, boy, if there's anything that's going to get you, that's it. And, in fact, that's um, that's I my biggest piece of admiration that I have for Justice Ginsburg, certainly not her politics. Uh, I'm probably not qualified to speak much to her jurisprudence, although she was certainly on the progressive wing, ergo I'm going to disagree with probably 95% of what she had to say. I have nothing but admiration for her fight with cancer. She certainly uh, left nothing on the table, left it all out there on the court, as uh, as they say. Uh, justice Roberts uh, yesterday said, quote, our nation has lost a jurist of historic stature, end quote. We at the Supreme Court have lost a cherished colleague. Today we mourn, but with confidence that future generations will remember Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as we knew her, a tireless and resolute champion of justice. Ginsburg, of course, was appointed to the SCOTUS by President Bill Clinton in 1993, 27 years ago. She staked out a position on the court's progressive wing and in recent years emerged as an icon on the act of his left for her strident positions on abortion rights, gay marriage, and other major progressive causes. Her death leaves eight justices in the court just weeks before the 2020 presidential election. It may prompt a heated partisan battle. By the way, this is from a piece uh, by Jack Crow. In national review uh, might prompt a he might might prompt a heated partisan battle over the question of filling a vacant seat close, so close to a presidential election a seat that has the potential to cement a conservative majority for decades to come. Well, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said on Friday evening that the seat should not be filled ahead of the election, setting the American public's right to influence the direction of the court through the election. We will come back to that very issue in a moment here. But I, I have a question. Uh, the, the first question that jumped, I've, I've heard quite a few opinions on the passing of Justice Ginsburg. Not, not so much on her passing, but on her stature in the lives of a number of people I've interacted with on social media in, this, in recent, uh, uh, in the last 12 hours or so, 18 hours or so. And obviously, J- Justice Ginsburg has, st- as the Jack Crow article points, out, staked out a position as as a firebrand, perhaps the, the most, now let's just say, incendiary performer for the, the far left on the Supreme Court, which is what she was appointed for. That's why Bill Clinton put her on the court to push a, uh, push the Supreme Court to the left. That's what the Supreme Court is there for. Rather, that's what the president's appointment does. It's uh, it's a manifestation of the idea that elections have consequences. This was, by the way, during Clinton's first half term in office when he was still an unabashed progressive, Uh, slightly abashed. I mean, he was a little more to the center than the modern wave of extreme leftists. But this is back when his wife, the smartest woman in American electoral history, was actively working to socialize the American medical system. Uh, in the open and with uh, with great pride when the Democrats controlled both chambers of Congress, as I recall, and uh, when when the president, President Bill Clinton, believed he had uh, an absolute mandate to legislate uh, from the left and to push policy on the far left. Along came 1994, the Gingrich Republican Revolution, the contract with America and uh, Bill Clinton had to triangulate to the right. And become actually a more conservative president than George W. Bush or, frankly, Donald Trump in many respects so far. In some ways, Bill Clinton was the most conservative president we've had since Ronald Reagan. And maybe the most conservative we have for some time. Not because of anything, any sentiment in his heart or beliefs that he had in his brain. But because of the pure political expediency of realizing the nation had moved hard to the right in 1994, and thus he spent the next six years of his regime governing, pretty much like a like a Republican should, a moderate Republican to be sure, perhaps somewhere moderately to the left of Newt uh, Mitt Romney. Anyway, this was the background for the appointment of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, a, a time when progressives had high hopes of dominating society for quite some time in the future, a time when people first started saying with a straight face that progressivism is the future. The future is on the left. That was thrown back at them hard in 1994 in a lesson that we have to hope the American electorate absorbs this fall. We'll be talking much more about the stakes in this election on this show, and later on, uh, in as we get towards the election, uh, exactly how much is at stake if the hard left, uh, which, by the way, is a far harder hard left than it was 27 years ago, should win this election. But let's talk about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Or rather, some of the people who, uh, and in fact, I have to suspect many of the people who are touting the justices influence on their lives are are saying today now you go out on social media you you see as social media is wont to do a a complete parade of of clown cars of people losing their minds at the news of the death of justice ginsburg one twitter account a woman fairly fairly came yeah, came fairly close to having an aneurysm on camera. Uh it was just some woman driving her car and, and I was seeing and hearing more of that. Uh, a fair fair chunk of the American social media scene is at least from the left is is quite frankly losing its mind. And I get it. A a, a group of people who put immense unchecked faith in government being what they want it to be and doing what they want it to do, for that crowd of people, the demise of someone like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg and potentially the cementing of a conservative majority on the court for a generation to come, and maybe more, is perhaps the cherry on the Sunday of what 2020 has been to some of these people. But I want to ask them another question. I've seen a number of people, perhaps a little more moderate in their responses, respond. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and by the way, we're not entirely talking Democrats here. I've seen this from a few women who are who would call themselves Republicans, and justifiably so, if I know them correctly, and I believe I do, saying that, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg taught them what a woman could do, showed them what smashing the glass ceiling was. I mean, that's, that has been the popular culture narrative about Ruth Bader Ginsburg for a couple of years now. After those, what, two years ago, I believe, those two movies about Justice Ginsburg came out. One of them was a, a documentary talking about her her origins and her rise through the legal profession and rise through law school, going to, big shock here, an Ivy League law school, and coming from relatively modest origins, coming moving up through the ranks of the profession, and the legal world to one of the highest posts in the world in terms of, of jurisprudence, the Supreme Court of the United States. Inspirational story as far as it goes, to be sure. Another one was a more of a, of a biopic, uh, more of a dramatization, which, by the way, got old, took a lot of dramatic license, shall we say. That's fine. It's Hollywood. It's entertainment, entertainment with a political point, nonetheless. Entertainment. That's fine. If you're not used to that from Hollywood by now, I don't know where you've been. But I have to ask these people, and I ask these people in all nonpartisan seriousness, including a few that literally seem to believe that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the first woman on the Supreme Court, I respond by asking, you do realize that the first nominee, the first, not nominee, the first woman to be empaneled on the Supreme Court was Sandra Day O'Connor, right? And I want to ask these people, largely but not entirely women, many some of them men who call themselves male feminists, <clears throat> uh, what is it that Ruth Bader Ginsburg brought to the equation that Sandra Day O'Connor didn't? I mean, Sandra Day O'Connor started from modest, middle-class beginnings, as I recall. I haven't had a chance to look up her biography, but I don't believe she was to the manner born. But she was a woman who worked her way up through the legal profession. If memory serves, she was not an Ivy Leaguer, although I'd have to look that up, and I'm sure Brad Carlson, my personal fact-check office, may set me straight on that. Either way, tomato, tomato. She was the first woman... To make it onto the Supreme Court, to be nominated by Ronald Reagan in the nineteen, I believe 1986, 1987. it was when I was working at the Evil Talk Empire at my first job out of college. So, she's a woman. She came from middle class origins. She rose from mainstream America to the Supreme Court. And she had exactly the same story in many ways as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I want to ask these people, what is it beside the partisanship of your own personal politics that makes Ruth Bader Ginsburg an inspirational example in a way that Sandra Day O'Connor, who did everything Ginsburg did, but first, what makes it different? I'd love to hear 651-289-4488, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go Go nowhere.
0: Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app.
6: Through years of residential painting in the Twin Cities, In-Town Painters has really honed in on what's most important to the homeowners they serve. Trust, relationships, pricing, and communication. From the minute you call InTown Painters, they work to earn your trust. Once owner Greg comes out for a free estimate, you'll know he's there to help, including offering you his lowest price guarantee. Lastly, communication is the key to everything. In-Town takes great pride in their work. They set expectations with each homeowner for project start date and completion date. No surprise. If something unexpectedly comes up, you, the homeowner, are the first to know. In-Town Painters has built a strong reputation on beautiful interior and exterior painting and exceptional Christian-based interactions with both their employees and customers. Call Greg for your free no-pressure estimate today at 612-876-0191. 612-876-0191. Again, that's 612-876-0191.
7: Hi, John Wichko here. As the owner of Advantage Auto Glass, I'd like to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed right the first time. Here are just some of the advantages of using Advantage Auto Glass. Advantage number three, we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. Advantage number four, we have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, and that's hard to achieve. Advantage number five, we use only the highest quality parts and adhesives. So just tell your insurance agent you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass. Or better yet, call us direct and we'll handle it for you. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396. 952-423-6396. And we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com.
6: So you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that you can really dig into, but you can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give GodTube.com a try. GodTube.com is loaded with sermons from well-known and revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. And there are no shady comment threads or questionable content. Just great sermon after sermon. Hear God's Word daily, grow deeper in your faith, and be inspired by the sermon section on GodTube.com.
1: With the vast majority of media today leaning hard left, it can be tricky to find news that actually shares, let alone defends, a conservative viewpoint. Hotair.com provides analysis and commentary from conservative writers like Ed Morrissey. Hotair.com. Welcome
5: back to Twin Cities End World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280. The Patriot. Hey, make sure... You sign up for the Patriot Fan Club, the Freedom Fan Club, patriotism, freedom, they go together. The Freedom Fan Club at am1280thepatriot.com. Your way to kick open the door on your own no-knock raid to all that is good in life. Uh, go check it out, am1280thepatriot.com. Look up that Freedom Fan Club and get in. If you don't, well, we're just going to drive you crazy telling you about all the cool stuff. am1280thepatriot.com. So my question for listeners... Any of you out there who might have some idea about this is, is uh, who is it that, uh, well, you, you know the type. You've seen them on social media. You're hearing them on cable news, especially uh, MSNBC and CNBC and, and, and the main networks. People are saying that, that, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was uh, a, an inspiration to all women as if not the first woman on the Supreme Court, at least the first one that they're paying attention to. Uh, To which I'm asking, in response, what about Sandra Day O'Connor? What is it about Sandra Day O'Connor that didn't make her, coming as she did from a similar background, taking as she did a similar path through the, the world of jurisprudence, what is it that makes her, almost a footnote in feminist history, and makes Ruth Bader Ginsburg a pop culture icon, at least on the extreme left, even the not so extreme, even the moderate left and the center right in some cases. What is it that makes Ruth Bader Ginsburg the hero? Leaving aside two things, her fight with cancer, which was certainly inspirational. And her partisan politics or the partisan politics of those making the claim of of her importance not denying her importance by the way but i am asserting as a male but the father of a young lady grandfather of another one i am asserting the value and importance of ruth bader ginsburg for exactly the same reasons i ask why I get nothing. 651-289-4488. By the way, uh, if you care to join us, that's the phone number. Uh, Hashtag on Twitter is NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N-Show. Operators are standing by in both cases. And, by the way, today on the show, I should point out, we do have a big show coming up today. Doug Willits, who is running for the Minnesota State Senate from the district in which this station resides, District 51, the greater Eagan and Burnsville area, along with uh, probably some little bits and pieces of other uh, towns in the southwest, bur- southeast, southeast burbs of St. Paul. Uh, and by the way, uh, all right in the heart of the very much in place 2nd Congressional District. Uh, we, we have to work, by the way, on getting Tyler Kistner on the uh, show here. He's uh, running what appears to me to be a great campaign up against Angie Craig. At any rate, one of uh, the—that's all coming up in the future. By the way, also, we're going to be talking with Kim Crockett uh, from uh, Minnesota—affiliated with the Minnesota Voters Alliance, talking about a couple of the issues that are staring us in the face if you're a Republican or even someone who favors election integrity uh, with the mail-in voting system. Uh, Kim, by the way, will also have some observations about uh, the notorious RBG. See, there you go. There's your pop culture thing, an 87-year-old woman being given a gangster rap handle by— Pop culturists, uh, that's uh, not that that's something Sandra Day O'Connor would have sought or would have been appropriate in her case. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for crying out loud, not exactly a hip hop icon. I, I'm being too literal. But my question stands. Why Ginsburg and not O'Connor, but for politics, but for the partisanship of those who set the opinions, who, who, who set the narrative for our society today. I can think of no reason. I am willing to be educated. 651-289-4488. Another thing you're hearing out on social media, and mainstream media for that matter, is the imperative for the Republicans not to put, for President Trump not to push a nominee. In fact, it's been put that out there in as many words by Chuck Schumer. Who, quote, yesterday, uh, while Justice Ginsburg's uh, body had not yet uh, assumed room temperature, I say with all due respect, Chuck Schumer writes, the American people should have a voice in the selection of the next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. Now, this is pure narrative, and and by the way, the the the, the Democrats up and down the ticket all over the place are running off of trying to establish a narrative whether it has any bearing on fact or truth indeed or not. For example you've seen the the Joe Biden ads which by the way re- sound like the, the, the audio equivalent of uh, of those old ransom notes that they would make in movies where they would cut letters out of magazines and paste them together so there'd be no handwriting analysis. These Ads that you're seeing on TV, where you almost never see Biden's face, you're seeing audio, you're hearing audio clips. You can tell if you're li- used to listening to audio that these clips are are tacked together in post production. It's almost like they found a bunch of words that worked and kind of stitched them together into something that sounded like a president. Uh, that's what's going. The, 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 among the ads are, are ads saying that you know, the president let coronavirus get out of control completely. Whitewashing over the fact that, in fact, it was blue state governors where the virus, you know, actually got out of control. Blue fragility is in full effect here. Uh, But one of the narratives that's that's opposite to this issue here is really this notion that the Democrats uh, are saying. I heard this literally in social exchanges over the last uh, 24 hours here. That, uh, the, that the president shouldn't, because it's just common decency. In fact, it's just never done that you 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 make a Supreme Court nomination uh, in the run up to an election or during a lame duck Congress, for that matter, which was what uh, the Democrats claimed during the uh, uh, during the the Kavanaugh hearings. Sorry, the uh, one before that. Uh, anyway, uh, Gorsuch. Thank you. A piece that came out in National Review today addresses this uh, piece that was written by uh, Dan McLaughlin. It's an excellent piece I commend to you. Uh, And he writes, and I quote, there are two types of rules in Washington, laws that allocate power and norms that reflect how power has traditionally historically been used. Laws that allocate power are paramount and particularly dangerous to violate, but there's no such law at issue when it comes to nominating Supreme Court justices. A president can always make a nomination for a Supreme Court vacancy no matter how late in his term or how many times he's been turned down. The only thing in his way is the Senate. 29 times in American history, there's been an open Supreme Court vacancy in a presidential election year or in a lame duck session before the next presidential inauguration. This counts vacancies created by new seats on the court, uh, but not vacancies for which there was a nomination already pending when the year began like happened in 1835 or 1836 or 1987-1988. The president made a nomination in all 29 cases. George Washington did it three times. John Adams did it. Thomas Jefferson did it. Lincoln did it. Grant did it. Franklin D. Roosevelt did it. Republicans? Ike did it. Barack Obama, of course, did it. 22 of the 44 men to hold the office faced this situation. And all 22 made the decision to send up a nomination whether or not they had the votes in the Senate. So the next time your bobblehead uh, work, uh, workmates around the water cooler, or the virtual water cooler, say, it's just not done. Well, other than 29 times with 22 different presidents since the founding of this country. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You got a point there. Let's go to the phones. Minneapolis, John, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go right ahead. You were
8: on the air. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Uh, I do want to mention something about uh, uh, Justice O'Connor. Yes. And, uh, and this is that. I've lived in Texas, and I, I read her biography, and I followed her when she was on the Supreme Court. And this is what people should know. She was an independent thinker. She was an exceptionally intelligent woman. She did not use uh, uh, victimhood. Or affirmative action to get where she was. She worked hard. She was diligent. She was not fragile. I liked your word fragile. Yep. And she didn't expect other people to take responsibility for her decisions. Yep. That's why I have a great deal of admiration for her versus the left. They're fragile. They want to be affirmed simply for being somewhere and not doing anything.
5: Because they want to fill an ideological check, but not an ideological, an identity checkbox. Basically, they want to check out. we got a woman. We got an African American. Oh, wait, they don't. Oh, in fact, I mean, the first two, the first female Supreme Court, court justice appointed by a Republican on her merits. The first African American Supreme Court justice appointed by who? Well, that one may have I forget was was Thurgood Marshall appointed by Eisenhower I believe he may have been. Uh, appointed by uh, Johnson. Okay, we'll give them that one. But the next one, certainly by 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 a Republican, uh, and not to check ideological boxes. Uh, Clarence Thomas is, despite the narrative mongering of the <laughs> fragile blue left. Uh, Clarence Thomas was a was a distinguished jurist. Someone needs to tell Ryan Winkler th- that that's the case, and that in fact he's not an Uncle Tom. Uh, uh, something that could only be said with impunity by, well, I don't know, a uh, a, a prominent progressive politician. Certainly uh, no Republican could get away with anything like that. Anyway, uh, very well explained there, John. Yes, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor got where she got without the aid of having a, an identity political checkbox checked on her behalf. And she did not fall back on her gender uh, throughout her entire term in the Supreme Court, which lasted Somewhere over 20 years. I mean, she was uh, there from the 80s into the I don't know, mid to late uh, 2000s. I forget exactly when she left office. I can't look it up right now, by the way, because like a complete bobblehead, I left my charger at home. So I'm being very sparing with my batteries, sort of like a World War II submarine commander. Anyway, uh, but I'll take a look at things and get ready for the next segment, which, by the way, is with Doug Willets, who's uh, running for the Minnesota State Senate here in Senate District 51. Egan area, a place that has been swamped with moldy blue for eight years now, but uh, has hope of swinging back to the right here with a little luck and with a little help from all of you, and maybe all of us. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280 The Patriot Go Nowhere. We will be right back.
2: This is Larry Elder. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could dramatically change what our country's future looks like. If you believe in freedom supported by law and order, your values are on the line. Make sure you are registered and prepared to vote, whether at the polling place or by absentee ballot. Our nation is at a crossroads and every vote counts. Thanks for listening and stay tuned through Election Day
4: Do you have sunken concrete around your home, leaving you with trip hazards or causing water to run back to your foundation? Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We raise settled concrete using a high-density polyurethane foam, which is a more permanent solution than mudjacking. Polyurethane foam cannot be washed away, and it doesn't shrink or deteriorate over time. If it's concrete, we can raise it. Get it done right the first time. For a free estimate, contact a second-generation concrete-raising business at expertconcreteraising.com. Welcome back, Twin
5: Cities and World. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. Want to know what's going on, everything to do with uh, Twin Cities conservative media? Just get yourself on out to am1280thepatriot.com. You get your first word about upcoming Patriot events, of which much, much, much more shortly here. And also, uh, first look into all the cool promotions we have going. Uh, Just go to am1280thepatriot.com. It's also the easiest place to, well, at least the most immediate place to stream our shows live 24-7. And you can also get to the podcasts, including podcasts of this very broadcast uh, going back several months right now and hopefully uh, stretching back a little further. Had a few technical difficulties, apparently few months ago, uh, but hopefully we'll be getting some of your favorite uh, podcasts, including this broadcast here, uh, back up online. Go to am 128 com slash podcast. You'll have to create an, a login. It's no big deal. It's, got, it's part of the price of admission these days, which is free. Anyway, uh, it's my pleasure to be joined again on the broadcast by the fellow who's running for the Minnesota State Senate under the GOP ticket for this very district in which the station resides. Senate District 51 GOP-endorsed candidate Doug Willits joins us. Doug, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. How's uh, how's life on the campaign trail? How's uh, how, how, how's uh, life going in a COVID-altered campaign universe?
2: Well, my feet are starting to hurt earlier and earlier every day from door knocking. Uh, um, yep. Got some comfortable shoes and stuff. But, yeah, I'm out door knocking almost every day. Uh, and, uh, trying to, you know, put mailers out and get, uh, just almost regular stuff, but it does, it is different with the COVID stuff happening, um, People, you know, I'm putting the brochure on the on the porch and talk to the people through the door and stuff like that, which is fine. Uh, but uh, most people are answering the door and I'm handing them stuff and I step six feet back and, and and we have nice conversations. So
5: tell us a little bit of the conversations you're hearing from people around and about uh, District 51, which I should jump to uh, point out here. Is Egan part of Berensville, part of, I think, Invergrove Heights, as I recall? I think that kind of covers it, right, uh, Doug?
2: Yep. There about twelve houses in Newman Grove Heights. <laughs> they're the important um, no, twelve, it, though. It, it, yeah, they're um, the conversations are a lot of them are the same that we have every year: education, taxes, that kind of stuff. But uh, this year, in particular, we're talking a lot about you know security, uh, about uh, you know your security in your in your in your own town, and that kind of stuff. Defunding the police—how bad an idea that is. And we're also talking a lot about economy kind of stuff and how to recover from the COVID economy. So, well, let's work our
5: way back up through a couple of those issues here. We're out here in Eagan, which is a relatively placid suburb as these things go. You don't see you don't see a whole lot of violent crime. And yet it doesn't take a, a, a especially foresightful person to look up Cedar Avenue uh, a few miles and see what's going on in, in Minneapolis. Uh, what what are you hearing on the streets of Egan about what's going on in the streets of Minneapolis.
2: Well, we don't want it to happen here, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also in Egan, the uh, statues over on the Egan Central Park area, they did get tagged about a month, month and a half ago, uh, and it's along with the band show. And uh, so it, it did come down here, and during the actual riots a few months ago, Eagan got bracketed by violence in, in the southern part of uh, St. Paul. And don't forget that the Dakota County uh, satellite office got firebombed in Apple Valley. And so, but definitely the feeling is we don't want it to happen in Egan.
5: I did not know about the Apple Valley firebombing. Living in the midway as I do, I had firebombings of my own to watch out for. But, uh, yeah, okay, you are—you have been bracketed. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> so, uh, and, and is there, I mean, has have your opponents come out on either side of the whole defunding and law and order thing? I mean, clearly they're being squeezed between a population that doesn't want to go the route of East Lake Street, or Apple Valley for that matter, <laughs> and on the other hand has to yell off what when the far far left in Minneapolis and St. Paul yells jump uh, where do your opponents come down on this Doug and, and 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 what are you what's the contrast that your voters are seeing regarding you and 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 her
2: <laughs> they um my my opponent I'll, I'll not, in order not to uh, offer them uh, him extra publicity yeah. I will not name him but he is yeah, that's right he he has not actually come out and said yay or nay about anything uh they are the DFL does not appear to be door knocking. Uh, I have run into a few flyers of my opponents. Uh, I picked up the litter because they had either blown out of the mailbox or somebody crumpled it up and threw it, threw it in the floor. Good man. Uh, but uh, no, and and I and I think they were more like a, a more like a very untargeted massive lit drop kind of thing where they stick it in the little newspaper um, thing on your mailbox. Right. And uh, I saw a couple of those and that's it. Uh, I have not seen anybody else door knocking. I see their signs. I see signs going up for them. Uh, All the DFL type candidates uh, and all the Republican candidates are, you know, we're of course, we got the sign stuff going on. And, uh, but um, yeah, I don't see them out door knocking. I may have missed them. I I just, just didn't see them or whatever. Uh, But uh, no, they're, they're out there. Uh, They have my component has not come down on either side, uh, unlike some of the national type uh, DFL people who have been very outspoken um, about defunding the police, which is an absolutely crazy idea.
5: It is. And in fact, I've been dying to ask Republican candidates uh, a few weeks, uh, actually going back almost a a month and a half ago now, a DFL candidate, John Thompson, who's the endorsed DFL candidate on the east side of St. Paul. Uh, had a fairly obstreperous outburst, uh, in, in rural. Uh, not you were an exurban Hugo.
2: You're uh, very kind.
5: Yeah, well, I, that's me, mm-hmm. the, the 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 measured one here. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, he he did in fact uh, give a, a certain recipe for for life in the suburbs if he were in control. That uh, that has to be getting you know, get some get some heads uh, uh, snapping and be going. Hey, what now? What did you hear about the DFL's agenda for the burbs campaigning
2: in? Well, a burb. Well, I, I heard one of them wants to burn the city down. I've heard that. Um, but, uh I haven't really heard a whole lot from the DFL at all on anything, really. Uh, like I said, I don't see him out door knocking. Uh, my opponent has one flyer that I've seen. Uh, a couple of friends of mine have seen a couple of his uh, digital-type ads popping up on their phones. Right. But that's been it. Um, and i think they're counting on people voting for the devil they the, the devil they know versus the devil they don't know. Well and that's that's going to be a disaster if that happens. Well, here's uh, hoping
5: and from your mouth to God's ears we'll see what we can do about that. We'll we'll talk about uh, becoming the devil they know here uh, later on in the in the segment here. So, the big issue is i i thought about this uh, this morning as i read that the downtown council in Minneapolis says that currently downtown Minnesota uh, Minneapolis office space has a 12 12- percent occupancy rate that's one office out of eight in downtown Minneapolis is currently occupied, that uh, the hotel occupancy is 18%, which is frankly about 10% higher than I figured, and uh, that 43% of restaurants that were in uh, Minneapolis in January are still open. That's in downtown Minneapolis. This has to be sobering to anyone, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on. What are you hearing about the state's response to COVID from your potential voters, Doug Willits?
2: They are, most of them are not happy. Uh, I've run into a few that, hey, you know, the governor's doing a great job. Um, I say I disagree with you. I respectfully disagree, will agree to disagree, and I move on. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't think of most of them. I think that the governor's been doing a good job. I personally don't think he's been doing a good job. We as Minnesotans are smart enough to know what we need to do as an individual, as a family, as a community, how to keep each other from getting sick. We, we know that uh we can we can figure that out if you want to wear a mask by all means wear a mask and other people leave that person alone if i don't have a mask on don't wear a mask but leave that person alone Uh, there's no reason to point your finger in their chest and, and call them bad names and evil and stuff you know want grandma to die or whatever that's just not that's just not necessary and uh we we just need to understand that the state leadership needs to understand that we as minnesotans we can figure out what needs to happen. Businesses should be open. I don't know how we're going to pay for any of the programs that the state is trying to put forward without a tax base. Yep. If, 43, if 43% of the businesses in, in Minneapolis or the restaurants are open in Minneapolis, that means 57% aren't open. Where they're not generating any tax revenue. Yep. Uh, You know, and so how do we do that? That's how the state gets money. And I know I just know this in my heart of hearts that the DFL is going to want to raise your taxes in order to pay for all that kind of stuff. And, and that's just not an acceptable thing to do. We just can't do that. We, um, they're going to want to take money from our coffers to fill their coffers and then spread that around to other people. And I, ju- I just don't see how that is a fair way to to, to, to manage the, the crisis. Yeah, this past. And you know, I don't really believe it's a crisis anymore. We've been doing this for over six months as an emergency. I've never seen an emergency last that long.
5: No, it's not an emergency. It's a public health issue that needs to be worked through. This is not a crisis. This is a job. And someone needs to get that across to Governor Clink. So, Doug Wilson, by the way, uh, speaking of Governor Klink, the, uh, the, the cold storage warehouse that he uh, bought with $7 million of state money has exactly two occupants at this point. Uh, I don't know if people know this as a general rule. Two occupants. One of them is the April model, and the other one is candidate Thompson, who's being kept in cold sequestration until uh, until the election <laughs> is over. Anyway, it's as true as – I mean, go ahead. Fact check it if you want. Uh, Doug Willits, uh, we've got to take a break coming up here. But uh, if you have questions for Doug Willett's running for the uh, Minnesota Senate in District 51, Egan Burnsville, a little tiny – the 12 houses that matter in Invergrove Heights. Uh, give us a call at 651-289-4488 or join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Doug? Real quick, how can people find out more about you and your campaign? What's your website? How, how Where's your social media
2: at? And we'll come back
5: after the break to talk more about the campaign and about you. Well,
2: the website is W i l l e t t s f o r m n. dot ncom And uh, both Facebook and Twitter are Willetts for Minnesota Senate.
5: Absolutely. We'll be back with Doug Willits and your phone calls at 651 651- 289 4488. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. The fun isn't even half over yet. Carry on.
2: I'm an alien in my.
0: AM 1280 The Patriot Limitless access to intelligent talk Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app Your smart speaker Or with iHeart TuneIn and Radio.com We live in the Twin Cities But serve worldwide
3: Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor Half man, half motorcycle
0: Motorcycle. 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 Motorcycle.
3: Motorcycle. Motorcycle. To find your balance Keep riding And if you stop, put your feet down so you don't fall. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
6: Are you making a mistake that will ruin your retirement? Here's David J. Scranton, founder of the Retirement Income Store.
1: I'm David Scranton. When it came time for my mom to retire, one simple mistake forced her to work years longer than she should have. And that's why I started the Retirement Income Store, to help hardworking Americans 55 and over plan for the retirement they deserve.
7: I couldn't help my mom, but maybe I can help you.
6: Call the Retirement Income Store at 866-977-6434 and we'll send you our free Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools including David Scranton's Amazon best-selling book The Retirement Income Story. Plus you'll be invited to enjoy a no-obligation conversation with an income specialist. So call 866-977-6434. That's 866-977-6434. The
0: Retirement Income Store.
6: Where retirees go for income. income. Online at the retirementincome store.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies,
1: LLC, an SEC registered investment advisory firm.
4: Hi, PJ here from PJ's Appliance Outlet. Are you in need of a new washer and dryer, a new stove, dishwasher, or refrigerator? Do You prefer top brands like LG, Frigidaire, Whirlpool. Are you dragging your feet due to the cost and feeling like more often than not, you'd be overpaying for these appliances? Well, here at PJ's, we've solved that problem for you. Our clients, many of whom are listeners to this station as well, have already saved hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars by shopping at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Our everyday standard pricing is 40 to 70% less than the average appliance store. We're not talking the inflated MSRP pricing. We're talking real, everyday pricing. So before you purchase an appliance, it's well worth a quick visit to our store to see what we have in stock and how much money we can save you. At PJ's, we proudly offer basic and extended warranty options along with professional appliance delivery and removal services. Go to PJsApplianceOutlet.com. That's PJsApplianceOutlet.com, where every deal is a steal.
2: TheFishtwinCities.com is streaming your favorite contemporary Christian artists like Matthew West, Toby Mac, For King and Country, and many
1: more. Stream along at TheFishtwinCities.com, download the free app, or listen on your Amazon smart speaker.
5: AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 289 4488. The number to call if you have questions for Doug Willett, who is running for Minnesota State Senate in Senate District 51. Egan, the general uh, southeast burbs of uh, St. Paul, I guess technically Minneapolis, the uh, both sides of the Cedar Avenue corridor, as as, uh, some chamber of commerce no doubt wants to call it. Doug, let's talk a little bit about you. What can someone expect from you in the Minnesota State Senate and why
2: should they vote for you? Well, the only thing I'm going to promise is to work hard. Uh, There's a whole bunch of people on the other side of the aisle that will probably work against just about everything that I would really like to do, but I will work with anybody that's willing to work Uh, across the aisle in the aisle, whatever above the aisle don't really care if if somebody wants to meet and, and come by and hash out a plan to fix something great i'll work with you i don't care where you are where you're from and but uh yeah and i'll work hard Uh, that's all i can do that's the only thing i can promise is to work hard to fix the things and we need to really concentrate on the waste fraud and abuse here in the state of minnesota uh the health department uh you know 400 million dollars that's almost half a billion dollars is is just gone and they don't know, if they can't account for it. And I can't, I just don't understand that, how that is acceptable in any way, shape or form. That's just amazing to me that that's acceptable. And that's one of the things I want to work on. And the economy in general, that keep the economy going uh, to, Get it to get it kicking, kick it back up to open the state up in a safe manner that the Minnesotan business people can figure out. They don't need a draconian governor to tell them how to do it. The state should just give them some guidelines, follow these guidelines. And when the state starts handing out $7,000 fines because one waiter pulled their mask down outside, oh, that's just ridiculous. And so, and there's no warnings anymore. It doesn't, you know, for if it's a COVID violation, you just get fined $7,000. And that's amazing to me that that happens that way.
5: So other than looking at the economy of Minneapolis and to some extent, a great extent, St. Paul as well, and watching the carnage in the hospitality industry statewide, what effect is COVID having on District 51 and how is it uh, cascading
2: down to your race, Doug? Well, I think we are missing, as a state, we're not counting what I call invisible victims. Right. Uh, I have no idea how many businesses in Egan have shut down, have permanently shut down. No idea, because nobody's counting that. And as a challenger, I don't have access to nothing, is really right. what it amounts to. I don't have access to any kind of data, hardly at all, except for what I can hunt down on the state websites. And the other thing other side of that is we have no idea how how much domestic violence has risen nobody's counting that how much you know more child abuse how many drug abuse alcohol abuse suicides i read an article where a 12 year old boy back in april committed suicide yep. 12 years old when i was 12 years old i didn't even know that was an option so yep. i don't i don't understand how this is happening how we're not counting the invisible victims as a covid second third order effect and we have to start doing that that those, those numbers have to start being let out. The transparency has to start happening so that the state understands the entire, the total cost of what shutting down the state has been doing.
5: Are people in Egan who, by the way, have voted Democrat for Senate, the DFL candidate has been representing, I put that in scare quotes, the, uh, the, the, the District 51 since uh, 2012... Uh, when the last when the last good senator, uh, Ted Daly, was uh, was ushered out of office, unfortunately, in a, in a bad year for Republicans. Are people getting uh, get, getting the, the effect that this this the, the policy regarding COVID, among other things, is having the destructive effect it's having on them out here in Egan?
2: I think so. I think it's starting to dawn on people Um uh, I did run into a gentleman yesterday that it, he has no no idea that that kind of stuff is happening, and he's still going to vote for the DFL. Um, but yeah. uh, he, but I think it's starting to dawn on people that some there's some really bad things that happen when we shut down the economy, uh, and we don't open it for six months. Bad things start to happen that are second and third order effects from doing that, and we're, there's going to start snowballing. Especially, I can't imagine what's going to happen if the DFL wins. Uh, when's the Minnesota State Senate, wins the, when keeps the Minnesota State House, oh. and what's going to happen to the state if that happens. Uh, the governor is going to keep his emergency powers, and we're just going to have this you know, one-party one, one party rule, actually one-guy rule yep. and over us, and he's going to keep his uh, draconian uh, executive orders in effect. And we're, we don't have any representation in St. Paul now. From our representatives, from our legislators, and that's just unacceptable. We have to fix that. We need to keep the Minnesota State Senate and we have to take the Minnesota House.
5: Absolutely, and that is that is the imperative. I know there are a lot of Republicans out there who will quibble, quibble and hem and haw about how, how pure a different Republican candidate may be and whether they will ever dream of voting for him. It. So it's time to bury the hatchets between the five families in the GOP, get <laughs> together and win. This, not just this election, but uh, in 2022, we have seen the imperative of having a governor that, that keeps constitutional faith with his people. By the way, uh, Vincent. and Madness Heights uh, writes to remind us that they figure out what happened to the $400 million in the department of health. Doug Wilts. Well, don't know if you do that. It was, uh, burned by the same single white supremacist hell's angel that destroyed all of East Lake street. So good to know that, uh, <laughs> people moved to Egan. I remember the, the glory days of Egan being, uh, being what Woodbury has been for the last 20 years. And when it was a booming, uh, rapidly expanding suburb, about the time I first moved to the twin cities, uh, years ago, uh, People were moving out here for the schools. They were trying to escape the schools in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Bloomington. Uh, now the kids are—I I don't know what the exact policy is in, in Egan schools, but uh, in about a minute or so, Doug, how are people from Egan reacting to the quote new normal" and quote an education, distance learning, hybrid learning, uh, basically learning off of YouTube like every other kid in the country?
2: They're doing the best they can uh, with what they got uh fortunately there's a um a lot of uh areas where there's you know they have their own internet and hook up like that it's not like downtown st paul or downtown minneapolis but uh you know there are there is some hardship in there uh you know there's lots of different places that don't necessarily have a, a a really good internet hookup but uh they're doing the best they can uh you know the the parents are work some parents are still working at home that kind of stuff. And so they're, they're able to help their kid, but you know, that's an impact on their work. Uh, parents that are, have to work out of the house, uh, they're, just, they're paying for daycare and stuff. It's a hardship, but they're doing the best they can. Absolutely. So Doug, well, let's,
5: uh, l- let's talk about your path to victory. Who, how, how do you upset the eight year long status quo in Egan? What is your route to winning and going uh, downtown in St. Paul next January?
2: I'm door knocking. I'm hitting the street, talking to everybody I can talk to. Uh, I'm uh, getting uh, mailers out. I sent out over 2000 letters earlier this year to uh, all kinds of different people. I've, uh, I'm going to be having a digital ad campaign come out in the next week or two, um, which is something really scary to me. Cause I don't understand digital stuff in any way, shape or form. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's happening now. Finally, uh, we're going to, That's it. That's really all I can do is go hit the street. I do that almost every day and uh, and get the digital ad thing out there and and, and start talking. I also have hosted a few uh, Zoom-type online uh, forums and stuff like that. And that reminds me, I have a forum at 4 o'clock next week, Wednesday, the 23rd of September with the Burnsville Chamber of Commerce. And you can tune into that live on the Burnsville Chamber of Commerce Facebook page.
5: Absolutely. Uh, let's talk. we got about 15 seconds, Doug Willits. Uh, what's your website? One more time, how
2: can people find out more about you? willits for mncom W-I-L-L-E-T-T-S. F O R M N dot com.
5: I will post that at shotinthedark.info as long as soon as, assuming my battery holds up till the end of the show, I will do that. Doug Willett's a pleasure as always. Let's do this again sometime in the next 44 days. Let's get you over the finish. Absolutely. We'll get you over the finish line. Doug Willett's, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, Ken, uh, Kim Crockett joins us talking about the opportunity for the DFL in, uh, in the new mail in election world. Go nowhere. I'll be right back.
4: But
1: are you in charge of cleaning and sanitization at your food production facility? American Pressure has the tools to help you. Custom high pressure conveyor wash systems save time and water and help you automate cleaning. Give us a call today at 763 521 4442 and we'd be happy to come visit you at your location. Buy local, buy quality, visit AmericanPressure.com.
3: may very well be why so many americans find such wonderful pain relief if you have back pain shoulder neck hip knee or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older you must order the three-week quick start now discount it to only 1995 to see if it will work for you too i think it could give your body what it needs to heal itself go to relieffactor.com call 800-500-8384 relieffactor.com
1: i know that on those tablets mr moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We are United Faith Mortgage.
7: United Faith Mortgage is a DB of United Mortgage Corp. 25-Mobile Park, Rumble, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate
5: Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or you. I was drinking through the day without my spouse knowing. Who would be hidden in the room, tucked in a corner or in a slipper. I came to Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, and I couldn't be happier. It changed my whole life.
4: You are not alone, and you can take the first step towards freedom from addiction by calling Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge at 612-FREEDOM, or you can text MNTC to 900-900, or go online to mntc.org slash alone.
8: A.M.